All right, and welcome to the Razzball Football Podcast. This is your host, Jay. And this is, I think this is going to be a low-energy pod because it's pretty late over on the East Coast. And uh, that's mostly T-Hole's fault, my one and only co-host this uh, episode. How are you, T-Hole? Doing great, doing great. Just hanging out in the office after work. I'm still pumped up. I just had a double macchiato to get ready for this. You're tired? That's that's hurt, That hurts me. I'll be fair. I don't want to give the impression that we're doing this at like... 3 a.m. Eastern or something crazy. We're, this is actually only 10 p.m. But uh, you know, I just I live one of those lives, man. I just get I get tired early. I'm getting old. I'm getting old in my uh, in my elderly period of time. I don't even see. It's almost as if I'm suffering from dementia at this point. The way I'm talking. So it is. I uh, went through just, a time period last week where I was falling asleep every night at like 9:30, 10, just dozing off. These women were like what is wrong with you i don't know and i I just couldn't figure it out and then like i'm back to normal now now i have to like i can't usually go to sleep and without reading or reading about statistics football fantasy football it's the only way i can go to sleep so i'm back on that so it's good i don't know what happened i thought i had mono or something like that but i'm good yeah it turns out to solve that in life you just need caramel macchiatos so take note people out there all right, so let's uh, let's get to it. This week, obviously, I said beating myself now. It's, it's kind of a small crew as opposed to our first episode. It wasn't my fault. Just couldn't corral people. It's, it's hard herding cats, as they say. I don't know who they are, but we're just gonna go ahead and uh, take a look at the latest news. I did, I did want to talk about draft strategy, auction values, auction strategy, rankings, the whole kit and caboodle, to use a term from the '60s. I feel like, but. We just don't have, I guess, the crowd to do that the way I'd like it to. So we're gonna we're gonna do like our official preseason strategy cast over the next few weeks. Hopefully, get some differing opinions, get some more views in here. I know T Hole, you want to finish up your rankings over the next few weeks or several weeks, and we can start talking about those, comparing ours. But let's go ahead and get started. This isn't really fantasy related, but I did want to get your take, T Hole, on the whole Joey Bosa situation. This is uh, dematerializing. Right before our faces. I, I didn't bring it up last week just because I assumed it would get solved. I mean, why this would happen with the first round pick, especially when salaries are guaranteed nowadays, is mind-boggling. There's a lot of blame to go around, and as a resident Charger fan, I could probably wax poetic. But in this case, and this is not normal for me in a lot of these cases, but in this case, I'm really on Bosa's side. There's really no excuse for this. So, Tio, why didn't... Why don't you give me your point of view first, and then I can uh, I can kind of respond to that. Yeah, man, there's really no excuse for this whatsoever. There's a structured rookie salary cap for a reason. Like, I mean, it's supposed to be, like, basically set in stone. So who's at fault here? I'm not quite sure, but whoever it is needs to get backhanded because this is an act, absolute joke. I mean, this brings me back to the days when, when these guys would hold out when they when there was no rookie salary cap and they could hold out for whatever it's usually a quarterback or usually somebody like that trying to break records trying to get certain money or whatever this guy like he's structured it's supposed to be said i don't know if it's a for tax reasons or certain money coming in at a certain time or what did but i mean how much what kind of difference could it be over one year to the next i mean it's a it's a guaranteed contract at a slot like i'm confused it's a joke he seems like okay well let, let... Let me just jump in really quick. I I actually have a nice synopsis, a really short one, just to kind of fill in what people, what exactly the holdout is about. I know there's a lot of general language out there, but, you know, like you said, T-Hole, 
there's obviously no negotiation going on with the guaranteed money. It's the offset language, which is the problem. This reads like I'm a lawyer right now, but just to quickly go over it, Bosa basically wants one of two things. He would like... So I, I'm trying to read this over and shorten it for the for the listeners, but it, I'm like reading three paragraphs at the same time and trying to. So I guess the offset language is he wants his signing bonus money up front. The Chargers want to defer it, defer it uh, to some future years. So basically they're just trying to not avoid paying him. They're just trying to avoid to pay him this year. And I guess why this is an issue is this would be sort of unprecedented, like, uh, Joey Bosa would be the first player to agree uh, to something like this, which, you know, there, there's the side where you're like, okay, this is, you know, you're the first round pick, you're missing valuable training camp time, but then there's the other side of the Chargers are being greedy as fuck, which yeah, is not totally unprecedented for the Chargers. I think a lot of people are, are comparing this to the Eli Manning situation pretty unfairly. The, the Eli Manning situation was sort of like the John Elway situation, which they just didn't want to play for the team, and they kind of used a bully pulpit type of approach to doing that. And I would say it worked out for the Chargers in the long run, and I think it worked out for the Giants. They have a Super Bowl ring, and uh, the Chargers have a better quarterback, uh, in my humble opinion. But, you know... Now knowing what, what I just said, Teal, does that, does that change your perception anymore? I mean, the bottom line is I think it doesn't change anything because I think what you're saying still rings true. Like, he has to play, and the Chargers have to budge. Something has to budge, right? Yeah, it should be pretty simple. I mean, if this is on the Chargers at all, they need to get it done. They're already known for being cheap. They're already known for being chumps. They don't want to finance their own stadium. They're about to be gone. I don't know why they didn't just take the L.A. deal right out the gate. I don't know what they're doing. Their stadium's a joke. Uh, it's probably the worst stadium in the NFL, other than maybe Oakland or, or the old 49ers stadium, which is now old, so no longer exists. So the Chargers stadium might be number one there as the worst in the NFL. The owner's cheap. They don't want to get it done. It's pathetic. I, I mean, it's just embarrassing. you got to get this guy in there. I'm sure they'll get it done here this week, I would assume. It's like I've never heard. Anything. I mean, there's not much time left. We're, we're about, what, a month? Before the season starts, roughly? Uh, a month and a half, maybe? No, yeah. about a month, right? Yeah. I think you'd like to get your uh, number one pick there some reps in camp. It's just silly. I mean, the reasons for it continuing are silly. At this point, I doubt many people care about the the minutia of it all. Uh, I'm sure they want it. Like I said earlier, they want to blame both sides. I, I do personally think it's the Chargers' fault here. But... Bosa is losing valuable time. He's losing valuable money. I mean, if he wants to re- if he wants to sit out the entire season and re-enter the draft next season, that's only detrimental to him. I mean, I think the Chargers would be competitive or not competitive. Whatever their season potential is this year, it doesn't rely on Bosa's performance. You know, he might be worth a win for them, you know, in the long run if you average out his performance, but we just don't know. He's a rookie, so I... It's just unfortunate, I guess I would say. So, uh, and it's unfortunate because it seems easily solvable, at least from the reading I've done. Um, Out of unfortunate things for your Chargers, man. Stevie Johnson's out for the season. Right. Both can't even get into camp. Like, what's going on out there? What are your expectations for the season? Is it still Super Bowl every year or bust? Or is this becoming more realistic? Or what's happening? Well, I don't think I ever had those kind of crazy expectations. I... It, I always joke around. It, it's kind of a, 
being a masochist, being a sports fan in uh, San Diego, and it, it, it's even more disconnected for me because I haven't lived in San Diego for quite a while. So it's just one of those unique things where I can tune myself out from the local environment, which I'm sure is can be toxic. I Actually, any local sports environment can be toxic to some extent. Like if you're just sitting there listening to sports talk radio every day. I hate um, it. I don't know if you've tried. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like listening to Paul... It's like watching Paul at, like MSNBC all day, which you know sometimes I watch a little bit, but it's just the local right. Guys, the the local guys are so bad. I mean, some of them are some of them are okay, but I mean, some of these local guys are literally so bad. Their sports knowledge overall of the whole league is so embarrassingly poor that I cannot believe they have jobs on radio and I do not because it is so disgusting when I'm sitting there. Like I have to change. I can't. I can't even enjoy it. I can listen to Brock Heward. And Salk and John Clayton, we got lucky enough to have some of these guys out here. But, like, uh, yeah, some of the other local jokers just li- literally have no idea what they're talking about other than the home team. Yeah, and, you know, it's just it's kind of an echo chamber, I think, for certain people. I mean, I think when reading, when trying to study over this Bosa stuff, people were trying to bring out, like, comparing it, like, bringing out Martin Sch- Marty Schottenheimer's uh you know, firing, which was, it's interesting how people have revisionist history if it's long enough away. A lot of people think it was the wrong decision because he's a 14 new coach, but, you know, people forget that he tried to basically uh, strong arm uh, getting his brother into a coaching job and getting his family into the front office, uh, and he sucked in the playoffs. So, I mean, these things people forget. You know, and I was only, I was pretty young when it happened, so if I can remember it, I don't know why people, other people, anyhow, the point is, um, the Chargers are always somewhat of a mess, just because of their ownership is uniquely qualified at being assholes. I wouldn't say to the level of Fred Snyder, that's like a special kind of asshole, or um, who else is a bad ownership? Um, Snyder, oh, the owner of the Washington team. Um, uh, I mean, Dan, oh, Dan, and, uh, oh, Daniel Snyder. Yeah, Dan Snyder. Did I say Fred Snyder? I might have said Fred Snyder. I don't know. Um, but anyhow, moving, uh, yeah, my expectations for the Chargers. I I expect a 9-1 season. Nine, okay. And, yeah, McCoy always seems to be in that average area. I, I just really can't stand McCoy at this stage. He I feel seemed, like. You know what? He seemed like a good height. Like that first year where they beat was yeah. Denver like once or twice. It seemed like he had the full blueprint of slowing down Denver back when they had that great offense and the ball control. San Diego's ball control, a couple of those games was literally the best I've ever seen any team just, like, somehow taking, like, nine-minute drives. I mean, it was insane. But, yeah, the ta- I just don't know about the talent there. Nine wins is probably a good guess, though. I like that. Yeah, I like it, too. I, I just don't think much of McCoy. I think he's a little bit overrated. Um, but, yeah, I don't want to make this into an entire Chargers episode, so I, let's, uh, let's kind of move the topic. Have you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online, like with the with the Ticketmaster uh, Nazis or fascists? Jeez Louise, Jay. I cannot stand Ticketmaster. I mean, I'll be honest with you. They might actually be losing money because as of right now, listeners to this podcast will get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. Now, that's pretty cool. So any tickets that you get over on that site, um, you get a $20 rebate off of your, off of your tickets, and you can download this app, which is free by heading over to uh, the SeatGeek website, SeatGeek.com, or you can find it on your, uh, you know, your Droid, or I don't know what Apple users, u- Apple users use, but you can find it over there. And all you need to do is add the promo code, 
It's Raz MLB because we're still in the baseball season. I know this is the football podcast. We haven't gone crazy here, at least not yet, T-Hole. But right now the promo code is Raz MLB. That's R-A-Z-Z-M-A-L-B. And uh, SeatGeek will send you that $20 after you made your first uh, ticket purchase. So uh, enjoy that, listeners. So back to the show. And and what is typically, I think, the Browns thing to do (laughs) is... They have already named RG3 the starter. Now, granted, there isn't much competition for the quarterback job over there, but we all know about RG3. You and I have talked about him a lot in past podcasts. Not, I don't think we had great things to say about him. I think we, I think our general opinion back in the day is, you know, he got stunted. The injury was a big, uh, big thing, and then Washington, you know, their treatment of him. Uh, at least from a roster standpoint, could have been better. But, you know, that's all in the past. And when he did return, Kirk Cousins, I mean, I'll I'll say, was legitimately a better quarterback and uh, has proven that. What are your expectations for this guy this season? Is is there anything there to, to look at? My expectations were extremely low going into the Right. This guy, I mean, I guess he didn't play all of last year, obviously, so I kind of guess it's been a little longer than it even seems like but the last the last two seasons he would played at all I, I mean he was absolutely horrific he looks nothing like the guy he used to look like at all like the explosion looks like it's gone he can't figure it out I mean on one hand it seemed like his offensive line was almost like purposely getting I mean I, I mean he was just getting killed out there so I mean on one hand I think the line had something to do with it the teammates didn't like him Erie's kind of got a fresh start. Hugh Jackson is probably, I know it's been said a lot, but is probably the kind of the perfect guy for him. He seems to be hyping him up here. Is it real or is he just pumping him up? I don't know. But with Hugh Jackson, I think he's in a position where he could actually be fantasy football relevant, especially if, when Josh Gordon comes back. What do you think? Well, look, we know Hugh Jackson. He's he's a fan of the run. It's no secret. Um, and... Honestly, it's not like he doesn't have weapons. Uh, you got Josh Gordon coming back. Um, <laughs> you got part-time wide receiver Terrell Pryor. I'm joking. But, um, you know, he's got some guys there. He's got Barnage. You got um, the rookie, Coleman. I heard he looks good. Right, Corey Coleman. Who, yeah, I have him ranked. Uh, actually, I think we discussed this last week. I have him ranked in the same spot as Gordon, basically. And it's not like Austin Davis is going to wow anyone. Um, there's a guy named Pat Devlin. Who's a quarterback? I guess I've never even heard of him, but he's from Delaware, I believe. Yeah, an Irish Dar- <laughs> Delawarean is that a thing? Um, yeah. I'm looking at a picture right now. He's he's part of typical Irish. I'm surprised he's actually not on the Patriots team and is a linebacker. But you know, I will say this. Let me ask you this, T-Hole. If you're looking at guys like Josh Gordon, you know, and Corey Coleman, we just we just mentioned, who would you rather had throwing to him? Would it would it have been RG3 or Josh McCown? Oh, before seeing RG3, I'm going to have to see him this preseason. But without seeing him, I have to say McCown, no question. McCown puts up numbers, man. I don't know if it has to do with, you know, a lot of it has to do with the Browns being down a lot last year. But we saw McCown in Chicago. Get it. I mean, the guy can throw the ball. That's who I would have targeted if I was the Denver Broncos. They didn't want to do that. So I would definitely say McCown. But he's 38. I think they want to see if, McCown, if RG3 has something something to give here so we will find out and you know there's no need to cleveland's in total rebuild mode 
So starting the thirty eight year old QB is not going to really do anything for the fans. So I'll be honest, I I don't know when they haven't been in a rebuild mode, which is right. which is obviously sad for the team and the and the city. I I do make fun of Cleveland quite a bunch. Um, they are low 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 shots sometimes, uh, but I do wish the best for the city. Especially I know how it is to root for a team that doesn't do well. So, um, but the Browns, I you know. I've never thought much of Hugh Jackson, but he doesn't really have to do much to impress. He just needs to – I think he basically just needs to stay true to who he is, which is just pound and pound and pound the running game and just try to make something happen uh, with the passes. Now, granted, if the Browns do turn out bad, this is probably the best-case scenario for fantasy teams just because Josh Gordon will get volume plenty. You know, Corey Coleman will get volume. And RG3 will be throwing volume, which may be good. Uh it, like you said, it just remains to be seen. I'd like to see him uh, in, a, in some preseason games and see how he looks. It's just the scary thing is, T-Hole, it's just the accuracy. is It was never there, but it's, it's like it's getting worse. You know, his reads, he takes so long to make reads. It just worries me that, I mean, this is partly why he sort of gets injured. Either he's, you know, staying too long in the pocket and gets hit too hard or is scrambling out of the pocket because he stayed too long in it. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see if he's still got any of that speed he had before. Because I mean, this guy's the most dynamic quarterback maybe ever, other than Michael Vick speed-wise. I mean, this dude ran like under a four-four, a four-four-one or something on the forty. I mean, this guy's faster than Russell Wilson. He's faster than Cam Newton. He's faster than all of these guys except Michael Vick in his prime. I mean, at least he was before Shanahan, red face, got him. Uh, you know. Killed him against the Seahawks a couple years ago. He's never been the same since. He looks nothing like that guy at all. We don't know if it's because teams caught up to kind of the read option and that's all he was good at and people figured him out or if he just lost a step and lost it mentally and he's just not a good football player. It'll be interesting to see here because if he's total garbage, McCown will be coming in. Yeah, and I, I would only say, before I move on to you, that I, I wouldn't call it exactly red. I would say maybe a burgundy. burgundy. At, at sometimes it, de- it depends what time of day you see Shannon. Like, what what, what like location the sun is at and the reflection off his face, I think, determines the, the exact hue uh, of his suntan. So I, I did, you know, this isn't going to be as fantasy relevant, but I do want to talk about my boy and your boy. I'll, I think we, the, we both should take credit for him. The Fitzmagic is mm. happening again. You know, the Jets signed him. We didn't get a chance to talk about it last week. We were talking about a whole bunch of other news. But I wouldn't say it's fantasy relevant because he, he really isn't. But I'll admit there are – I think there have been a few years where during a bye week I picked him up, I think, in a couple leagues just because he isn't necessarily a guy that hurts you too much. But, you know, the ceiling obviously is pretty low. I, I will say he's returning to a team that he had – I would call them results. I wouldn't even put an adjective for that. But, you know, it's not like the Jets are terrible. And, you know, they still have Brandon Marshall. Eric Decker is sort of a playmaker. Um, and they have Devin Smith. Uh, I don't – you know, is there is there anything here that, that you're look at, liking? Yeah, I don't I – don't, I love Fitzmagic. He got lucky last year. The numbers show that he was extremely lucky with his interceptions as he did still throw – quite a few picks but he had probably the most balls that should have been intercepted over any quarterback in the league so the numbers he did get a little lucky there which is probably why teams were probably a little reluctant to give him the salary he was trying to get last year but 
with that being said, as you just mentioned, he still has Brandon Marshall. Granted, he's a year older. I expect the numbers to drop. He still has Whitey um, um, blanking on his name. <laughs> on what, Eric Decker? Still got Decker. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mr. Handsome with the hot wife, country singer, whatever she is. And then <laughs> after that, you know, it slows down a little bit, but we got Inua. A lot of people like Quincy Inua. And then, yeah, they got the other dude you mentioned. And then they got Jason Morrow coming back at tight end after he missed a whole year. He said he's been flashing a little bit of camp. So Fitzpatrick went three for four in the first preseason game for 72 yards. Looks like Inua had the 43-yarder, so that's interesting for them. And then they also have Forte and the legendary Bilal Powell is still there, which are both two receiving threats out of the backfield. So, you know, he's got some pretty good weaponry. So, like, I mean, he's not a bad option, especially a fill-in option for sure. All right. You know, and I'm just going through uh, the notes I made for – uh, the pod for for news and again I I will preface this by saying it's not fancy relevant but I think anybody who's listened to us for a while um, has known my distaste for Mike McCarthy as a coach mm-hmm. I, I think he's actually a pretty terrible coach I think anyone who's read uh, our our game day recaps has has read Mike McCarthy jokes whenever Green Bay does something that is mm-hmm. shitting the bed in Evans mm-hmm. but I did want to bring this up with you T Hole because I have found proof that my Mike McCarthy hate is actually uh, based on facts. So Mike McCarthy, get this, has lost five playoff games on the last play of the game, the most of any coach in NFL history. Are you surprised, T-Hole? Wow. Five on the last play of the game. I'm really, I mean, that would surprise me for any coach, but this guy. That's incredible, right? I mean, I feel like this guy's <laughs> definitely cost them games. I mean, they, they've had some real talent there. I don't know what's up with the guy. I don't know why he's still there. I would have fired him. I'll, I'll give it. I'll give him this. To hold this record, he would have to be in the playoffs a lot. You know what I mean? So he, he would have to go to the playoffs a lot. But on the flip side, if you're losing on the last play of the game in five games, that means that your butt puckers up like so tight in these games. You're basically, like we mentioned earlier, Martin, Marty Scheidenheimer. His problem in the playoffs was always he became so conservative, like completely conservative. And I think McCarthy does the exact same thing where it's just, okay, you have a two-point lead. Let's just let's just run the ball up the middle three times in a row, and, you know, all the way to fourth down until your team loses, which, uh, yeah, I wouldn't recommend. All right. Um, I'm just, you know, there isn't too much... Uh, let's see. We I think we talked about Eric Ebron's uh, getting card off the field last week, did we? I can't quite remember. We honestly did. I did a lots of research uh, for this. Apparently, um, I'm not sure if we did or not, but it's quite an interesting story. I talked about it to somebody the other day. I don't really understand it. It's like he had. I got an email. Did you get the same email from Fantasy Pros telling him to take you out of his rankings for the year because he was yeah, into the season? But... And then the next day is like, he's all good. He's ready. Right. Yeah, I was I was going to talk about that. Yeah, I remember seeing a tweet about this. So that that's why I have this like uh, – <laughs> like if you saw my notes, it would be stupid because I have this arrow on Eric Ebram. I had it circled and then I have T-Hole's tweet. And I have a pointed at it. And without that context, it wouldn't make much sense. I, I, I wasn't realizing There's a lot of why. But, yeah, I remembered exactly why. Because you tweeted about this because I got the same email of taking him out of the rankings. But And this 
I think this went to another point because I think it was reported that Idleman, he got carted off the field. Uh, I think this was on Twitter or something, and it got picked up by the news. And then there was something about uh, mental health results for Trey Mason. I don't. I, I guess this was a meta conversation that I wanted to do in that do you think we're living in a you know obviously with politics and stuff this this hyper aggressive communication era where little things get blown up to such a big proportion that we're investing too much in i you know what you know what i'm trying to say here does that make sense i do know what you're trying to say here there's a lot of good tweets to choose from i understand and <laughs> it could be difficult to decide which one to use or which one you could possibly be talking about with so many informative and exciting tweets to choose from, how would you know that that was the one? Um, I mean, I just found a tweet right now, just a Google searching. The early word on Lions' Eric Ebron getting carted off is that he suffered an Achilles tear, I'm told. Could be devastating. And this is this is kind of stupid because once they get carted off the field, how are they going to know it's an Achilles tear? Like, why would they not – I mean, why they usually say leg injury, right? I mean, this seems really – I don't know. All right. Um, it was poorly handled. All I know is that it makes no sense to me. I'm, I've never really seen anything like that happen before. Yeah, it's just kind of a world. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Not much news happened this week. We actually do have some live games going on as we speak. I feel like the upcoming podcast next week will be much better. It's not that I don't want to end right here. It's just there's literally nothing else to talk about. No other news happened. And I'll be honest, none of it was really fantasy relevant. I I do want to ask you though, T Hole. Um, you know, and I'm I'm doing a horrible job of trying to <laughs> trying to distract people as I quickly go to the website, uh, our website, um, football.rasball.com, By the way, I'm still I'm still waiting. I'm trying to get to your rankings so we can just kind of uh, talk about it a little bit. I know you finished. What is it? You finished your wide receivers today, correct? Yep, I've sent in, yeah. submitted the receivers. I'm pretty much done with all the rankings. I just need to do a little intro, and you can you can take right. them all. They're all good to go. Those will actually come out tomorrow when people hear this. It'll be the day of the podcast coming out. But let, let's go ahead and talk about your your running back rankings, since that's something people can click on at any time. Okay. I, I was kind of interested with your Devonta Freeman ranking. You have him at 12. Um, general consensus is he's – I mean, I'm sorry, you have him at 13. Um, to give context, that's after Carlos Hyde, before Matt Jones. And the general consensus is he's around 8. And I'm really stupid, T-Hole, because I didn't even bring up my ranking so I can compare it. Let me, let me bring them out really quick. Um, and these are standard rankings. I, I'm assuming in um, PPR there are probably people ahead of them. I have them at 8. All right, so I have them at 8. You have them at 13. I was just wondering your thought process and why he's a little bit further back from you. PPR, he takes a major bump up, obviously. I think he had 70 catches last year, something like that. So he'll be way... Right, I'm sorry. Did I say he, he takes a bump back? Yeah, yeah, I meant the opposite. Yeah, I mean, he'll... Yeah, I know what you meant. Low energy casting, man. It's it's where it's at. Yeah, 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 yeah. He'll be... He'll be, <laughs> he'll be ready to go. I just like Coleman quite a bit, and I think he'll get a little bit more action. I just think it'll be tough for Freeman to kind of... Everybody's. I mean, I think a lot of people are kind of doubting that Freeman will repeat what he did last year, but he has the ability. It would just be interesting. I'm not that high on Atlanta, but I think he'll still get a ton of, a, 
of catches. I don't think he'll end up with as many carries, though. I think they're going to try to get Coleman the rock a little bit more often here in the backfield. I think he's a little bit better, a little bigger, a little bit more pure running back. Um, so I think there'll be a little bit more split going on there. But PPR Freeman's definitely a top 10, possibly top 5 running back in PPR, no question. It's just I, That was just standard league. I'll probably change that a little bit, obviously, in PPR when I get to that. But I'm just I'm just thinking he takes a little bit of a step back. Call me crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, just for context, I have um, what's his face? Low energy casting. Here we go. I have Devonte Freeman uh, upgraded three spots in PPR. So uh, let's see. There there is the question of Ryan Matthews now. You know me. I love talking about him all the time. I, he's burned me several times, but I he's like. Uh, He's like the ex you can't stop thinking about, right? I just uh, I can't get enough of him. I I like him this season. I liked him last year, even because Demarco Murray. But I like him even more this season. You have him ranked 23. I have him ranked 20. So I mean, it's not three spots, isn't it? Everything. But I just wanted to get your thoughts. Actually, let me talk to you about the Eagles. Uh, how do you see they they respond to not having um, Chip Kelly? anymore do you think that offense will be able to <laughs> i i don't need, there is no joke i'm just laughing because last year's offense was incredibly inept uh and i think a lot a lot of that has to do with chip kelly i always thought he was overrated it's easy to say that now but i was i was kind of making fun of him at the start when they first hired him with all the you know bird signs and the the pictographs and, and whatever he was doing and and remember the ridiculousness of Monday Night Football where they would actually reverse the play cock, clock? I almost said cock. That's wonderful. Um, I got to say, uh, we should do more podcasts really late just just so we can throw in the sexual innuendo. But I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on the Eagles this season uh, fantasy-wise, like as a team? What, what are your thoughts on Jordan Matthews? I, uh, I hate them as a fantasy football team. Yeah. Fantasy wise, but I mean, we'll we'll kind of see here what kind of goes down. I mean, Doug Peterson comes from Kansas City, where he's been with Alex Smith. Is it going to be a similar kind of offense where it's a fairly conservative, you know, the running game? I mean, Ryan Matthews is cool, but it seems like you know I can't believe Sproles. Is, I, I'm shocked he still is there. It hasn't been released. The guy's an ageless wonder. They're going to still try to get him the ball all the time. And then, yeah, one would think if Matthews is healthy that he gets 15 carries a game minimum. I mean, I would like to see that. I mean, how long he can last like that, who knows? But uh, you know, I just, I haven't just, I just haven't liked what I've really been reading about him. Basically, I'm not hyped on him. It's been, maybe that's me just getting sucked into like beat reporters and people talking about it. We have no idea what's really going on. Uh, it just doesn't sound like he's tearing it up by any means. So. He had a touchdown early in the preseason game on Thursday, today, as we speak. So that's good to see. But he had he only had two carries, so two for 15 and a touchdown. So that's encouraging. So that's all we have but to go off of. But, you know, the only other option in the backfield, they still got Barners there. I mean, I can't even believe that. And then a lot of people like Smallwood, a rookie, and he didn't <laughs> – he didn't play at all today, so I'm not sure what's going on there. But I'm not huge. I'm not overly high on Matthews, but he could definitely be a guy you could get mid to late that could provide you some value for sure. Yeah. Okay. And one of your boys. I didn't want to bring this up because 
I have him ranked considerably higher than our peers. You also have him ranked considerably higher, but you know more about him, so I want you to talk about him. And that's Robert Turbin. He's obviously with the Colts this season, but I believe he was with one of your teams, if, if I remember correctly. So I, I was just wondering, obviously this is still, you know, we have him <laughs> as the 80th, around the 80th ranked running back uh, this season, but there's still some value that can be had in that area. Uh, number one is depth. Number two is, you know, a high ceiling guy that might uh, might add as a handcuff or, you know, you see some sort of reason to hold on to your roster and then suddenly he just outbursts with talent. Uh, it's probably not Turbin, but I was just wondering. We do have him ranked about 20 spots higher than everyone else. What's what's your reason for it? Turbo, we love you out here in Seattle, buddy. <laughs> If only we had room for you. We're so stuck at running back right now. We don't have room for the guy. But the high point for him is that he's sitting there behind 46-year-old Frank Gore. And, you know, there's a good chance he's going to start some games. Or he's definitely going to get worked in there. Gore's not going to be the workhorse. I mean, he is to an extent. But, I mean, he's not really known for catching the ball at the backfield. Turbin's made some big plays with the catch. I think he contributes quite a bit, actually. Yeah, I... I do, and by the way, Frank Gore is actually 52. Uh, you, you got that question. <laughs> you got that a little bit off, but that's okay. Um, I like him for the same reasons. I, I just don't think, you know, they. I don't think Gore can handle, obviously, uh, the workload. You know, I, I joke around, but I think he's 33, which is still really old for running backs. And you know, counting him to be. No, that's age. Yeah, that's that's ancient, uh, which is I think that's actually my age right now, if I can remember correctly. I think I don't want to do the math, but I'm I believe I'm that age, and honestly, I can't. I I have trouble walking to the store, and I'm you know I I'm a pretty fit guy. I I don't have any complaints, and I just I feel too old to do certain things. So, you know, to get off the the running backs, I did quickly before we end the show, Teal, talk about quarterbacks because I think last week we only got to talk about Tyrod Taylor, and of course, there's a lot more quarterbacks. Um, that yeah. ranked. It wasn't just a list that you turned in of 25 Tyrod Taylors, even though I, I'm sure you would want to if you could uh, do that. I do want to talk about Kirk Cousins. We, we talked about RG3 a little bit earlier, and we mentioned Kirk Cousins. Uh, it's hard not to mention both of them in the same sentence, at least right now. You have him ranked number eight ahead of Tyrod Taylor, Ooh. and that's, that's pretty far up. I have um, Cousins ranked as 12, and... Strangely enough, I have it, Blake Bordeaux's at 11, Kirk Cousins at 12, Tony Romo, and then Tyrod Taylor, which I think that's the first spot where I have Tyrod Taylor. 14 is fine. Um, you have him at 9. But let's talk about Kirk Cousins. What, what do you see here? Uh, obviously, you liked what you saw last year, uh, or else you wouldn't rank him this high. But wh- where do you see this jump coming from? Well, to me, if Tyrod Taylor had the Redskins' weapons right now, he'd be a top-five quarterback. So it's all about the weapons right now from what I'm seeing here. I mean, they got Crowder in the slot with Dotson, a first-round pick. Some argue the best receiver coming out of college is going to be like the number four when he's ready to go. And then the the steady vet Garcon and Deshaun Jackson, who I think is going to have a big-time year, and Jordan Reed, who I did not mention, and Matt Jones, Juan Thompson, can both catch the ball out of the backfield very well. I mean, it's, it's all about... The offensive line's a little bit improved. It's all about the weapons for me. And when Deshaun, you saw the difference last year when Deshaun Jackson came back from injury and Jordan Reed, then Deshaun can go down the field and open it up in the middle of the field, and then everything clicks together. So to me, it's just all about the matchups 
and the talent level around Cousins. All right, and, you know, I have to ask. It's kind of a meta question, but it deals with quarterbacks. Where where I'm personally at in fantasy football drafts is I just kind of skip the position until until really late, or I just kind of stream. I, I do that for a couple other positions. I do that literally for DSTs. I do that for kickers. I I like drafting, like, all the prime positions, I guess I would call them. I, I like getting depth at running back. I like getting depth at wide receiver, especially during training camp, because people just, I mean, football players just die all the time, basically. You know, just out of nowhere. It, it, it might not even be a training camp. They could just be at home and slip on something, and they'll be out for the season. So I, I really... You like filling those up, and sometimes it it means skipping out on quarterbacks like this. We talk about like Kirk Cousins. You have ranked number eight, which means he would be you know there would only be about twelve quarterbacks drafted technically if, if every team drafted a quarterback during a fantasy draft. So he's on the tail end of the draft. Are you this year more than others? I guess you know you have Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Candy, and Andrew Luck, Drew Brees. Ben Roethlisberger. Strong top six. I think after that it kind of falls off and you can have your pick of whoever. Are you... Do you first of all, do you draft quarterbacks usually, uh, T-Hole? And if you do, like, w- what's your strategy there? And if you don't, are you comfortable streaming from the next group? Yeah, next I, I usually never do. This year I've only done... I've been doing one draft and I did kind of a Rasball... The Rasball mock draft we did with Zach, I ended up taking Russell Wilson in like the fourth or fifth round or something like that. And then I just took Russell Wilson on the four. I had the, the number one overall pick, and I took him at the four or five turn. So when I had either the fourth or fifth round pick, whatever, it doesn't matter. I took him there just because I think, as we saw down the stretch for Seattle last year, the offense was just dialed in. He was doing record breaking stuff, throwing the ball. Now they have Jimmy Graham back. Now they have Paul Richardson back. Lockett's only improving, and then Baldwin, and then Curse is an afterthought at this point. But then we got ProSize, the rookie, running back Notre Dame, great out the backfield, former wide receiver. I think this is going to be the best Seahawks passing attack we've ever seen, and we all know Russell Wilson can run the ball. That's why I would consider a guy like him in the mid-rounds, maybe a guy like Andrew Luck. But other than that, I'm waiting. I'm not taking like a Rodgers early or a Breeze early, although Breeze is one of the most guaranteed fantasy scores you can ever have. I just never go that route. I'll take Tyrod Taylor late. I'll take Cousins late. I'll take Romo late. I'll take Phillip Rivers late. That's what I do. Well, there you go. Um, I agree totally. I, actually, I, I'll be honest. I think we agree on a lot of things when it comes to fantasy football. Which is why we get along so well, I believe. Hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I prefer streaming, as I said earlier. I just think, you know, you got your top six guys, as I said, and then there's a precipitous fall-off, I would call. I would, you know, it's not, you're not, we're not going straight to Mark Sanchez or anything. But there's a huge difference, I think, between what you're getting when you draft Ben Roethlisberger or and then I guess the next quarterback you draft is Carson Palmer. I think there is a, a large gap between the two in what their potential could be and, and the weapons surrounding them. Uh, you know, of course, there, there's the injury risk you have to uh, think about. And so why why take uh, you know why why waste a pick there when you could just pick you know like a 
a wide receiver running back that you could actually use and, you know, stream a guy. I mean, it's not the worst thing. Like, I'll take my boy, Phillip Rivers. I have him, you have him ranked 12. Um, I have him ranked uh, 9, which is kind of, you know, the Homer, <laughs> the Homer inflation rate for me, I guess. But, you know, these are guys that you probably, well, let's take, let's take this. I say... Your boy Tyrod Taylor. You know, you obviously have him ranked high, but I don't think he's going to be drafted in many 12-team leagues this season. I mean, some guy may stash him, sure, but I think in a majority of leagues, he'll be there to be picked up later. Oh, yeah. If you can get a guy like Tyrod Taylor, you know, you that's not a bad starter to have. He's not going to... I think he has the ceiling or the potential to pay off for you, and then you're, you're basically taking that pick, and maybe you're getting a guy like, um, I don't know, like... Kenny Britt, maybe that's uh, or um, Aguilar or Ted Jinn or I don't know. You're getting. I guess my point is you're getting sure you're getting a mediocre option at a at a prime position as I call them. But what if that pays off? You know, is is that more valuable than getting wasting a, a higher draft pick on you know Russell Wilson in the fourth round when you could be getting something you know better? So. Uh, yeah, that argument was really compelling. <laughs> Traditionally, the drop-offs in quarterbacks is not nearly as high as, like, say, the top running backs and top receivers. There's a huge gap there from the next kind of tier or whatever. With quarterbacks, you can play matchups. You can kind of get you can get these guys late where there's not that big of a drop-off. I mean, Eli Manning, uh, Phillip Rivers, Tony Romo, Jay. I mean, even Jay Cutler was always a late pick that people like. I wouldn't take him this year. But Matt Stafford is always a late one that people – I mean, you know, these are guys that can put up major numbers at any time, and you can just get them late. I mean, and then you can have two quarterbacks and just kind of play the matchups, and, I mean, you'll be totally fine. And instead of using the fourth, third, second, third, fourth-round pick there, you can get a, an elite receiver or running back option, which is what I would prefer to do. Right, and these are generally really safe options, like – talk about Tony Romo he, he sure he's been injured but when he hasn't been he's been pretty on the money you talk about Philip Rivers when his team around him is actually functional he's put up really good years and these the points that they put up are you know they're they're not that far off from a Roethlisberger you know and, and I said earlier there's a drop off and I'm talking value but when you when you see Roethlisberger put up something like 4,500 yards and and 35 touchdowns, you know, let's just say he puts up that. I bet you Phillip Rivers can put up 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. Now, how much is, you know, and you get Phillip Rivers for free, basically, in the draft, and you're getting a wide receiver in the round that you would have gotten Roethlisberger. So, yeah, everything you said is, is complete sense. And, um, you know, obviously, I, I would say just really quick before we end the show, in two quarter, in two QB leagues, you know, where you where you have two quarterback slots, you must draft quarterbacks first and second round. I always do that, either that or first and third round, or if you want to go star scrub approach, I don't recommend it, but you can do like first, maybe sixth round. But that's really playing with fire. Here. the The quarterback position puts up such high point totals that if you're not going quarterback, quarterback, or quarterback you know, running back or wide receiver, then quarterback again, you're really shooting yourself in the leg. So, um, like I said, this is going to be a short podcast, you uh, I'd like to thank you for joining me. Uh, next week, we'll hopefully have uh, more people. But if not, that's okay. Tihol and I will try to do this podcast a little bit earlier so we can talk about 
Teal's uh, wide receiver rankings. I want to talk some auction strategy just because we recently re released our auction values on the site. Um, and I'm actually currently working on our projections. We do, we've done projections for three years now. And the great part about projections is I, I can't tell you what the results are because I have no machine that tells me how good the projections are. But I will say that the projections I create, you know, there is a methodology to it. And I use my rankings as sort of the basis to create the projections. So, you know, I, I always... I always pump up my rankings as, you know, they're not terrible. They're actually pretty good. So I, I'm assuming that the projections are also just as good. So they're, I'm sure that was the most convincing thing anybody's ever heard. I should be a used car salesman, I think. But T-Hole, I'd like to thank you for accompanying me on this late, 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 yet early night. Oh. And we will... Yeah, cool. We will, we will see everyone next week. No, we won't actually see you. That would be kind of weird. We'll talk to everyone in a week's time. Thank you for joining us.